Welcome to our Frontline City Church podcast. This message will activate and inspire you in the supernatural love of God to find your purpose and reach your destiny through Christ. But I believe God wants to speak and really wants to minister to us at this time. If you can turn with me to Mark 12 and verse 30. Um, there's some simple instructions that God gives us. How to live. Love the Lord with all of your heart and with all of your soul and with all of your mind and with all of your strength. That has to be the number one reason in your life that you say, I've made God number one. That is His instruction. Not complicated, not difficult. Just put God first. In every part of your life, put Him first. And the second part, verse 31, the second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no command greater than this. Can you guys hear okay? Are you happy? Yeah. So, there's these two commandments. The one commandment is love your God. The second commandment is love your neighbor. And the third one I see is in there is love yourself. Because it says love your neighbor as you love yourself. So you have to love yourself. And those are the simplicity of the Bible just all put together in one thing. And won't our country change if we did this? Won't these people's job change if we can apply this as a country? And this is what we are praying for that God will make in our country this simple commandment from Mark 12, two verses, make it applicable right through every part of our country, and then everything will change. And I hear immediately people has answers, yeah, but this was done and that wasn't done, and we can all find reasons why we cannot fulfill this commandment. But the time for excuses are over. The time for giving reasons why we can't do it is finished. We have to now as a country say, God, give me your heart. I can't love them or any my neighbor out of my own. But if I can get your heart, I can look across whatever barrier, whatever difference there is, whatever thing makes me think I can't, I can say I can love them because you love them. When I decide to love God, I'm deciding to love my neighbor. It cannot be separated. It cannot be saying, well, I'm going to just love guys that are like me. I'm going to just love guys that believe the same as me or speak the same as me or look the same as me. Because all of those barriers Jesus took away when we all know the story of the Good Samaritan, where it was cross-racially, somebody stepped in and they went way beyond what would be expected. And that is what Jesus says when he talks about our neighbor. And this is, he says, the, to put the scripture 31 up again for me. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's not the person that's living next to you. It's those that live around you that is there in your community. Those that you see at work, those that you see in the shops, those that you see in the taxi, those that you see all around you. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And then everything's going to change. So God has given us a recipe for change. We're praying for South Africa to change. We have to start following his example. 
We've got to start doing His commandment. We've got to say, we are going to do it like He did it. I want us to jump to uh, Acts 9. I'm going to talk about the story of Saul. Now, Saul is an interesting character in the Bible. We all know about Jesus, and Jesus did a whole lot of miracles, and we believe He did them because He was the Son of God. Then the disciples did miracles, and we think, well, they did it because they had direct input from Jesus. But Saul didn't know Jesus personally. Paul was like one of us. He lived in the same dispensation that we're living in. After Jesus passed away, he had an encounter with God just like we can have. So let's read the story. Verse 1. During those days, Saul, full of angry threats and rage, wanted to murder. Isn't that how most of South Africans live? Full of angry threats and rage and wanting to murder. There's so much hurt in our country that we like a 59 million souls walking on the earth wanting to commit murder, wanting to live out our rage. We might not all commit murder, but we're all doing little acts of rage every single day, and it's just perpetuating violence. And it's just making it worse and worse. And he wanted to murder who? The disciples of the Lord Jesus. So he went to ask the high priest, and we all know he was looking for, and he got the authorizations, but um, in verse 3, just outside the city, a brilliant light flashing from heaven suddenly exploded all around him. Falling to the ground, he heard a booming voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And that's what I pray for today. That's what I pray for every day for our country, that we would have an encounter with God, where we hear that God is not happy with the way we're living, where every single person in South Africa has a moment where God speaks to them and says, it's time for change. It's time for things can't stay the same. And the men accompanying Saul, verse 5, said to him, they were stunned and speechless, for they heard a heavenly voice, but could see no one. And Saul replied, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, the victorious, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city where you will be told what you are to do. Imagine a country has an encounter with God. Imagine Honeydew has an encounter with God. Not just one man. If God can intervene into Saul's life like that, he can do it into our lives. But it happens because somebody's praying. It happens because somebody is standing in the gap and believing God to intervene into the lives of men and women. Men and women just like me and you. Saul was no different to us. He had the same emotions as we have. He had the same issues we had. He had the same hurts we had. And he thought he was doing a good thing. Most people, doesn't matter what they do in our country, they believe they are validated in their rage and in their murder and in their violence. They can give you a reason for it. But, and Saul also was validated. He thought he was doing a good thing. But suddenly... He encountered the living God. And he fell on his face. And he couldn't stay the same way he was. So um, then we know the story that Ananias was sent 
to go speak to him. And he said, how can I go speak to this murderer? This oak just goes around wanting to kill Christians. I don't want to go see him. But the Lord spoke to him in verse 15, and I'm jumping a little bit for time's sake. Arise and go. I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. There's people that God has chosen to do things in this country. But it needs somebody else to go and speak to them. It needs somebody else to stand up and go and pray for them. Go and intervene. So God tells Ananias, go to this person. You might have heard murderous things about him. You might have heard bad things about him. You might be scared to go. But I've chosen him. Arise and go. I've chosen this man to be my special messenger. He will be brought before kings and before many nations and before the Jewish people to give them the revelation of who I am. We have a job to let people see who Jesus is. The same job that was given to Saul, it's our responsibility. You see, a revelation is not winning an argument. Revelation is not about debating. I don't want to debate with you about Jesus. I want you to have an encounter. I want you to have a revelation of who He is. And I can't do that, but God can. Oh, but sometimes we have to go speak. So Ananias get up, got up and he went to speak to Paul. Um, and, um, and he left, verse 17, Ananias left and found the house where Saul was staying. And he went inside and laid hands on him, saying, Saul, my brother, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me to pray for you so that you might see again and be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. God wants you to take people to that place where they suddenly get filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. He goes from this place of rage and violence and murder to a place of overflowing with the Holy Spirit. And it was Ananias' job. What a privilege to have that thing. And I want to say, Frontline City Church, if we call ourselves Frontline, we've got to understand that we have that responsibility. We have the same responsibility that Ananias had to go and speak to people, to speak out and reach out, and not just sit here in the church and do little nice things. Verse 18, all at once the crusty substance that was over Saul's eyes disappeared and he could see perfectly. That's what I pray for South Africa. That suddenly we would see things in contexts. Suddenly we would understand what we're doing wrong. Suddenly we would understand which of our actions are hurting and just perpetuating hate and just perpetuating violence. What do we have to change? Not what does the country have to change. What must I change? What do I have to do differently to live in a different country? How do I step out and do my normal day-to-day -day job in a way that it affects change. Oh, it's got quiet in here. Hey? And he could see perfectly. Immediately he got up and was baptized. If you give your life to Christ, the word immediately has to come into the equation. You can't stay the same. You've got to immediately do something about it. Saul got up there. He might not have known anything about who Jesus was, but he had an encounter and he said, immediately I want to get baptized. Yes. We read last week about how Paul and Silas spoke to the jailer and he immediately went to baptize him and his family in the middle of the night. And we've seen pictures of how God is doing that in New Bethesda. 
but this is what I'm believing God for, is that people will have such an encounter that will go straight from the service up to the baptismal pool up there, and people will make an immediate life change. Immediate. Not tomorrow or next week or when I'm on holiday or when the weather's a bit warmer, when it's not rainy. Immediate. We need to take immediate action if we want immediate results. Now, can I tell you a crazy verse? Don't put verse 20 up yet. Let me just talk a little bit about it. Oh, no, put it up. Let's put it up. Verse 20. Within the hour, he was in the synagogues preaching. Within the hour, he was preaching. He went from this violent, hateful, raging, murderous man to a man preaching in the synagogues within the hour. That's the kind of encounter I want for our country. Who can stand with me? Who will believe with me? And saying, God, if you can do it for Saul, you can do it for South Africa. If you can do it for Saul and he can become Paul, you can do it in Honeydew. An encounter that changes somebody from one way to another way in one moment. You see... We've been playing church and we've been playing Christianity that let's not offend anybody. Let's not make anybody uncomfortable. Let's keep it nice and smooth. But that's not what Jesus did to Saul. Jesus zapped a light on him and said, you better repent now. Why are you persecuting me? You can't go on the way you're going on. He left there. He couldn't see a thing. Somebody had to lead him. Somebody had to show him. Do you know how scary it is to walk around with your eyes closed? So I'm scared I'm going to fall off the edge here, even if I'm back there. But most of us are going through life with our eyes closed. We only see things the way we see them. And we can't get into somebody else's shoes and see things from their point of view. And it just hate grows and grows and grows. We need a Damascus Road encounter as our country. Where is it going to start? With me? And with you. Each one saying, I'm going to immediately respond. I'm going to take action today. You know, it's like all diet starts on Monday. I do quite well on my, my diet between Monday and Thursday. But between Friday and Sunday, I don't want to talk about those days. Okay? Nice things like fed cook and... Uh, curries and all kinds of nice things just come up, just jumped in front of me over the weekend. It's nothing to do with me. They just arrive and cupcakes and what have you. But God needs us to look at a different way and decide I've been called, maybe as the Paul, to go and change things. Or I've been called as the, as the Ananias to go and pray for the Paul and stand with him and raise him up. You know, when Paul started preaching in Jerusalem, the Christians wanted nothing to do with him because he offended him, because they remembered all the things he did wrong in the previous years. Until a man called Bartlemaeus, I think so, Bart. Okay, I didn't put it in there, but until... There was Barnabas, was his name. Barnabas came and said, guys, he had an encounter with God. Start believing him and start allowing him to preach. Start allowing and listening to what he said. 
They responded to the encounter because they, there was a man who believed him. There was a man who said, okay, I'm seeing a change. I believe there's a change. And this is what I believe. Uh, back to verse 20. Within the hour he was in the synagogues preaching about Jesus and proclaiming Jesus is the Son of God. Simply our message is this. Church, members of South Africa, people here in Honeydew, understand that Jesus is the Son of God. Simple message. Not complicated, not difficult. Just say, believe that Jesus is the Son of God and your life can change around. Your life can be turned upside down immediately. Those who heard him were astonished, saying among themselves, isn't this the soul who furiously persecuted those in Jerusalem who called on the name of Jesus? Didn't he come here with permission from the high priest to drag them off and take them as prisoners? Verse 22, Saul's power increased greatly as he became more and more proficient in proving that Jesus was the anointed Messiah. You want your ministry to grow. Become more proficient in proving that Jesus is the anointed Messiah. With other words, practice the miracles. Believe God for something supernatural. Expect something to happen when you pray. Expect God to do beyond your expectation. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Is there a hunger inside of you for your family, your friends, your work colleagues, everyone to have that kind of soul experience? To have that kind of experience that you can't explain. Okay? Who can explain a bright light that shines on you on the road to Damascus? Suddenly you can't see, but you heard the voice. You heard the voice that said, why are you persecuting me? I want South Africa to hear that voice. I want South Africa to have that place where they say, guys, it's time for change. It's time for us to be able to apply that verse, first verse. What was the first one we read in Mark? Love your neighbor. Mark 12 and verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these two. But we can't do that love if we don't have an encounter. Because people will see it as false, they'll see it as fake, they will see right through us. Until you have an encounter, whatever you're trying to do in Jesus is just worthless. It has no value. But when you have that encounter with Him, then everything changes. So I have a, a request to do. Look back in your life and say, have I had an encounter with God? I don't want you to raise your hands or anything. It's just between you and God. If you have had an encounter and you've allowed it to fizzle out, you've allowed it to become nothing, then it's time to repent and saying, Jesus, if Paul could be preaching within the hour, if Paul could be baptized within the same night, I repent from allowing it to fizzle out. I repent from allowing it to be consumed by other things in my life. I want to return to that place where Saul was falling on his knees. I want to return to that place where you are so real to me that within the hour I'm preaching. Oh. <laughs> within the hour I'm opening my mouth. Wherever I go, I can't keep quiet. 
because I've had an encounter. Because I know who Jesus is. I know him as the Son of God. I know him as the one who paid for my sins. Oh, if you've got anger in you, we spoke here on the stage today about traumas that we go through. And traumas has that effect that it leaves us angry. It leaves us violent. It leaves us with this driven thing that we just can't explain. But as it was said here, when you get a chance to speak about it, to deal with it, to let it out, you, your actions can change. But as it was said also here, that if you don't deal with that trauma, it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And somewhere it's going to erupt. Somewhere it's going to. The best place to bring it is to Jesus. The best place to bring it is to Jesus. I'm by no means saying don't go to a counselor. We have Pastor Wendy here doing great work to deal with it. And no forget your name, Hanley. We have people that are doing that to help you to be able to process it. And if you recognize an unanswered rage inside of you, get help. Say, guys, I don't know how to deal with this. I don't know. Something happened to me. Something has affected me. And I need to lay it to somebody so that I can deal with this. I can't stay the way Saul was when he met Jesus. I have to come to somebody. I've met Jesus, but I haven't allowed him to deal with everything. Then get to somebody. Allow him or her to chat with you through those things. Because we have to change. We have no choice as a country. We cannot allow anymore that we walk around with anger and hate and violence inside of us. Amen. doesn't matter how big we make our police force. We need a heart change. Yes, they're doing a fantastic job in stopping and dealing with that which is already there. But what will really change their job is when the people in the country have a heart change, has an encounter. And it's not just one race that needs it. Every single one of us in South Africa needs that heart encounter. And I'm first. I'm the first one that needs the encounter. Saying, God, don't allow even a little bit of hate in my life. Don't even allow a little bit of anger to stay there. Deal with every bit of it. Until it's all dealt with. Until we can bow down. These pillows here are just for one reason. To show that there's an invitation for you to come and bow down. And say, God, change my heart. Change my heart. Don't leave me the way I am. Let's go to Ephesians. Ephesians 3. From verse 14. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through the Spirit in the inner man. You see, we have to be changed on the inside. The Spirit of God has to come into our inside and change us on the inner man. That which is happening on the outside is just a reflection of what's going on on the inside. And we can deal with the outside until we're blue in the face, but we need uh, something to happen on the inside. Okay, next verse. That Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. 
not hate. We have to be grounded in love. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, so that we may know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, and that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, there's a filling with the love of God that replaces everything else that's in your life. And that happens on the inside. And I want to expect that change. I want to see God do it again and again and again. Sometimes we see one person change around, and then we see another person change around. And then sometimes we work and we preach and we pray for weeks and weeks and nothing changes. And then suddenly there's one here and there's one there and there's one there. And that is what makes it all worthwhile. Verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations, forever and ever. Are we part of all generations? We might not live in the time of Jesus but we are part of all generations. Are we in the church? Okay. So Christ Jesus is going to work inside of us and change us on the inside by His power. Okay. Can we go back one verse? Verse 19. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God is hate, violence, all those things, racism, is that God? No. So we must be filled with something else. We have to be filled with something new, and that is the love of Christ that passes all understanding. Can you imagine a country filled with love right here where we are? Can you imagine it? God says, well, if you can't, I can do more than what you can imagine. Go back one verse. More than what you can imagine. Um, okay, no, I'm missing it here somewhere. But they, God can do, uh, verse 20, that who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He can do more than what we can think. I can think of a country filled full of love. I can imagine a country that is healed from its past. I can imagine a country that's functioning in the godly manner. And if you can't, God says he can do more than what you can. God says I can do exceedingly more abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. What power is that? It's the power of Christ. It is not the hate and the rage and the violence and the murder. God is going to do more than what we can imagine. Let's give him the glory. I'm going to close here because I know that we've already taken up a lot of the time of our visitors. But will you stand and let's pray together and ask God for each one of us for having that kind of encounter that Saul had. You're all I need,
We hope that you enjoyed today's message. Our services are streamed live on our Facebook page every Sunday morning at 9.30. For more information and resources, please go to our website, www.frontlinecitychurch.co.za or look us up on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube.